It's time for your weekly trip inside the ropes and behind the scenes of the Australian golf industry. Welcome to another episode of the Australian Golf Show with Tiffany Cherry and Mark Allen. Welcome to the show on the back of a stunning week at Royal Queensland. Mark Allen and Tiffany Cherry with you in the driver's seat as we review the enormous success of the combined Fortinet Australian PGA and WPGA Championship. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Marco, you watched it all. What did you think? Uh, it was absolutely sensational. You were up there, saw the crowds. I sat at home and watched it on the TV. The broadcast, Fox Sports, congratulations. It was yep. absolutely sensational. Perfect. I thought the, the combination of all the uh, different commentators from right across the country was brilliant. Nico Hearn, I love him. Paul Gow's the same. I think they're both fantastic. You and Porter on the golf yep. course, absolutely brilliant. I thought those yep. guys were sensational. But I tell you what, it was hard not to ignore uh, the winner of the men. So I want to talk about Sue Owen a tick as well because she's a brilliant player. Yeah. But Jed Morgan, my God, what this kid did, and I can't wait to speak about him, I speak to him in, in just a tick. To, to go to sleep at the halfway point when it's your tournament to lose, in your fourth tournament as a pro, something yep. like the, the oldest professional event in the country where $180,000 is sitting in your lap at that stage. I mean, for him to actually take on that lead and build on that lead in the weekend at some stages. Yeah, and on the final day. So and the final nine day. Stroke and he ended up finishing by 11 and and, uh, and and won that, took that took over that record from uh, from Greg Norman and Hal Irwin, I think, is a three-time US Open winner. Yeah, to see a young man do that sort of stuff at, at his home course, and people say it was his home course, yeah, it's, it's an advantage, but sometimes it's a disadvantage as well because you're expected to play well at that yeah. golf course. So he broke through that expectation uh, that he would have had from his club members. To win like that, you know, there are, there are wins and then there are wins. Yeah. And, and this one at the same age, you know, I'm, I'm, we're comparing him with Greg Norman. We're comparing him with runaway victories of another Queenslander, uh, Peter Senior. Uh, we're comparing him to Robert Allenby at, at the same age. Now, well, Cam Smith that, won it at 24 and look what he's gone and done. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but the runaway victory, now, you can say maybe, you know, the field wasn't as good as PGA fields have been in the past. I love your tweet on this. You, you can say that. But I'm telling you now, if the top 20 players in the world were playing uh, this week, well, at the halfway mark, he still would have been three shots in front. Now, he might have only won by a couple towards the end. Maybe the pressure of playing with all those big names would have taken their toll. But to win the way he did, elite, world-class, unstoppable golf. It was brilliant to watch. How good is the future of golf, uh, both in the men's and the women's? We were just talking about the men's at the moment coming through, you know, Cam Smith. Yep. He's still in his 20s. He's, a, he's our number one golf. He's broken into the top 10. Like, it is so exciting. You yep. see a lot of those, uh, you know, those Blake Windred won yep. their Victorian PGA. It was superb the way he did it. It's really exciting. Look, I'm glad you touched on this because there was an announcement during the week about uh, that Gavin Kirkman, the CEO of the PGA of Australia, and Nick Darsty did some work behind the scenes negotiating the pathways have now opened up. Instead of one person who wins the order of merit, it's going to be three very, very soon. Uh, we're going to be part of the DP World Tour in Europe. I think that is sensational. Yeah. Um, yeah. The doors that this opens up will be enormous. Um, we're going to have five places in the DP World Tour Asian events. We're going to have five Australians just popping their head up. They, they're going to be shoved over there to play. 
these are magnificent pathways. So, look, it's one thing to develop all these players. And Golf Australia have had a great record of developing very, very good players in the past. But they haven't always had these incredible pathways that are now going to be opened up. Now, we, we saw these pathways years and years ago. Years and years ago, we saw them. Then there was a little, you know, a little pothole towards the end. But now what we are seeing is absolutely brilliant. And we're going to cash in on all yep. the good players that are being developed in Golf Australia. This is the most important thing. So I think this week, there are three amazing things. Seeing, seeing Royal Queensland and the people there with the girls and the boys playing together for two big trophies, magnificent. To see uh, Jed Morgan win the way he did was exciting for our golf. But for the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia, I know are involved as well, for them to get these pathways organised that, to be honest, you know, these young players have deserved for a long time, uh, it's almost the best thing. The pathways are almost the yep. best thing that we saw this week because of what it does for future Australian golfers. Hey, just on that, um, the Golf Australia has resisted the overtures of, the, of Greg Norman's Saudi-backed um, competition. You, can you see any of the players maybe going and breaking away and, and joining that? Yeah, there's always look. They they have been, you know, there've been tournaments uh, with Saudi money for the last what five or six years, maybe you know, ten years really, where they they pay these big name Americans some big appearance money. They do on the Europeans as well. Players from you know, if you're a big name, you're going to get some. Yeah, you, they're going to try and woo you to come and play. Yeah. Um, look, we're, we're going to see that some players are going to do, and some players will say, you know, politics aren't a part of my life. I'm going over there to play golf. I'm a professional golfer. So, look, I, I think in the background. Uh, it might have scared the pants off the European and uh, or the once European and the US too. I think they're now in a room together and I think they're discussing um, some great things to take yeah. golf right yep. around the world, which, which yeah, would be much better. Yeah, the, the WGC, the World Golf Championships, that W in front might start meaning something, which would be great. Yeah. Uh, and going back to the women, men and women playing, I have to, I, I was sitting there um, on the, in, the, in the Kirkwood marquee, which was magnificent. Yeah. Thanks to Gavin. And, you know, you've got the, the first hole, the tee, and then you had the, obviously, the green of the 18th. Um, and, and, and then there was a night on the, uh, over um, behind as well. But uh, just watching, you know, the players come in, and I was sitting there watching the nights as they, the first group come through um, that I had witnessed. And to see the men and the women play, and, it, and of course, I knew they were playing, but when I actually saw it, and I just watched the, mm. you know, just watched the dynamics and you could really see them engaging and high-fiving, you know, doing the fist pump. And um, and I spoke with a few of the females afterwards and obviously Jed spoke about it as well and he really enjoyed it. But the girls were saying, you know, how amazing or just how generous, you know, the players were towards each other in giving some mm. tips and um, and just sharing ideas and, you know, and obviously and, and being able to share the limelight, which... Again, we, we're building women's golf in this country and as we should. Um, and it was just magnificent to see that the women being able to share that stage, um, you know, and, and, and we, we'll speak about this with Jed as well further in the show. Um, but, you know, being able to see the girls come together um, and it's exciting to see how that's going to play out in, the, in future tournaments to come. Yeah, look, it's, it's a big advantage we've got down here in Australia. We've got governments and uh, uh, golf associations, PGA, Golf Australia, willing to try their hand and see how it works. And luckily, it's worked really, really well every time they've tried it. So um, good luck. Uh, it's going to be hard getting full fields. We might talk about that a little bit later yep. down the track. Yep. But when there is an opportunity for the men and women to play together, uh, it's been great watching it happen.
Yeah, and one last word on uh, Royal Queensland, RQ. They, that will be the, the home of the Olympics for, for the golf. Ah. So, yeah, magnificent to see. And, uh, and I tell you what, the, the world's best golfers who come and play at the Olympics will be uh, certainly impressed with what they see. Have you played there? Uh, I played on the old Royal Queensland. I played there a lot, actually, as a as an amateur, uh, and then as a professional. I saw little bits and pieces they were doing. Uh, look, I've, I haven't seen it live yet, but it did look a lot better uh, on the yeah. TV. It, look, it looked like you had to think a little bit. Um, I think the golf course before that, there there wasn't too much. Uh, congratulations to Suo as well. Yeah, uh, just watching went. her play, watching yeah. watching her swing, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. You know, her rhythm is just incredible. Um, and you know it's interesting. It's interesting for everybody to watch the, how the different game plans there are when you when you see the golf is great. Well, you know what? And there was a touch and go between her and Grace Kim. Um, the Grace front nine, they that was a, a great duel. It was literally they were swapping the the lead until I think it was on the thirteenth. Um, Grace hit a, a bogey mm. or a double bogey, and then and then uh, Sue obviously took the charge and took the lead, and then ended up winning by four. But Yep, magnificent performance by the girls and uh, well done to Royal Queens. And, hey, I know that you are salivating at this shot. Hideki Matsuyama, his uh, approach in Hawaii, yep. this was – you take us through it because uh, this was incredible. Well, uh, he booed the last uh, and Henley uh, only could make a par to get into the playoff and he hit this outrageous drive, like jumped out of his shoes to get it over one of these traps. Um, <laughs> Henley then in the playoff hole, same hole, a par five, dog leg to the right. Hits one out to the right. He's in a fairway trap. He lays up. Uh, Hideki hit three wood off the fair off the tee. He had two hundred seventy seven yeah. yards in, looking straight into the sun. Now, this does they're hard shots to hit because you you know you're going to be looking into that sun and it does throw you off a little bit. Anyway, he couldn't see it, but on the telly, the ball tracer told the entire story. A huge high. Cutting 250 meters, 277 yards, 277 yards yeah. and he hit a three with the three foot. It, 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 just incredible. He's now the king of the fairway wood. We saw him do that. And I think it's called the Zozo event of World Golf Championship in Japan, where yeah. he hit another one and made the eagle on the last. It was incredible. He's only 29 years old. He's the oldest 29 year old in the, old in the world, he I reckon. Is. He's been around but for a long time. That, yeah, if you haven't seen it, just, just Google Adeki Matsuyama's final shot in Hawaii. It was brilliant. Anyway, congratulations to him. He's going to be a real factor in the majors this year as well. Yeah. All right. Well, this week's guest has uh, just come off his maiden professional victory and he didn't just scrape it in. Jediah, love that name. Jediah Morgan from Queensland playing in only his fourth professional tournament. At his home club at Royal Queensland, stunned and stormed to victory at the Australian PGA Championship, breaking just about every record along the way, including becoming the youngest winner in the history of the event. And guess what? We get to speak to him right after this. Marco, I'm very excited about our guest this week. At just 22 years of age and already US Open champ, Jeff Ogilvy has likened him to another dashing Queenslander, Greg Norman, who did exactly what Jed Morgan did on Sunday, but 46 years previously to win his first pro title and only his fourth outing and he had the galleries absolutely pumping welcome to the show jed morgan no thanks tiff thanks everybody mark um thanks for having me hey i saw you and your girlfriend ellie yesterday in your magnificent ute back at uh, royal queensland for some media um which i'd have to say was very impressive given obviously what you'd achieved the day before and uh no doubt some big celebrations just how big were they yeah, that was, that was solid. Um, like, obviously, I want to play this week at Queensland PGA, so I didn't write myself off for the week. But, um, yeah, we, we did a good job of it. We started upstairs in the golf club and then 
Um, went to a place on the river called Felons. It was pretty cool there. And a few other golfers were there to, to congratulate me and join in on the celebration as well. So that was that was pretty special. Hey, Jed, uh, just looking at your career highlights, junior Queensland champ, Australian amateur champ a couple of years ago at the same venue. Now you're the Australian PGA champion and you won it by a million miles. I've been watching golf for a long time in this country. I've never seen the ball control uh, of a young man, not like you possessed, not like you showed all four rounds. Give us a bit of an insight into when you first started feeling like you had more control than others with the way you hit the ball. Um, so the first day I had six under and I said to my caddy, Marco, he's, he's a good mate of mine. And I, I didn't hit it that great. I actually just got a, got away with the arm wrestle in a way. And six under was, um, I just looked at my scores like that didn't feel like six under par. It was, um, <laughs> that was pretty ordinary. I had some, just some nervous golf shots and some, just some rusty ones. I think after not being in competition for a, a few weeks, luckily it was at, yeah, just lucky that it was at my home track and I could manage where to hit it, I think, just a bit better than I could have at um, another track. And then I um, I, I think I was two under through three on the – on I made a really good par on, the, on my second round in the first hole on the 10th. And then from there, I, I just said, I don't want to have a short, short, self, short side myself like that for the rest of the week. And, I found a bit more of my swing um, that round. And, yeah, I never really allowed myself to feel like I'd, I'd won until I hit, yeah, I guess my set, my, my tee shot on 17. I just wanted to hit that green. And, but I was so scared, I think, of losing because I'd had such a big lead. I just was like, I, I just don't want to lose this. And <laughs> it's happened to good players in golf. It's funny how it can happen in a sport. Like, it's such a big margin to lead by, but... It's also a pretty big margin to be able to lose it. And um, funnily enough, I was reminded I, I choked one year in the Queensland Junior, eight shots I think in with uh, or seven shots with twelve holes to play. And I um, I couldn't stop thinking about that. And I just said <laughs> I just want to push and push and push. And I don't want anyone to come close. Um, Good man. And I just yeah, I was just so I think caught up in in the focus of it. I didn't want to let myself allow to feel like I've won and um, until I hit that shot on 17 on the green, really. Jed, you said, you know, it was only your fourth tournament. You said um, afterwards that you were actually just hoping to make the cut, which is pretty phenomenal, but, yeah. but that you actually felt sick after you had that such a significant lead on the first day. How did you manage, you know, your, your, your emotions and, and that nervousness over the next three days? I, I don't know. Um, it was it was so hard. Like aiming to make the cut, obviously, I didn't really want to just make the cut. I wanted to put a performance on, but that was the first step in in performing. I think in the week because never did I expect to win. Um, especially, yeah, that's my first PGA, and I was seriously overwhelmed by a lot of stuff. But lucky, I just had a really good friend of mine on the bag. Um, I was at my at home with my girlfriend all week, and. Um, yeah, she seems to know how to bring me back to reality. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's no secret to being able to deal with it. You've just got to have gone through it enough to know that that's what it's going to be like and just know, I guess, to like to continue to try and eat as much food as you can, good food, not not ordinary stuff. And that that's kind of what kept me, yeah, that and kept hydrated. And, yeah, basically that's it. 
We've seen it in golf, uh, you know, over a hundred years. Those big leads. But, you know, it's funny, I watched the first round on the telly. It was great to watch in the second round. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see, but I checked the scores afterwards and you had this enormous lead. Yeah. So how does a young bloke in his first tournament go to sleep that night when you know it's your tournament to lose so early yeah. in your career? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I turned my phone off. I, pretty much after that second round, I turned my phone off for two days because I didn't want any of the noise to distract me, I guess, from from what was actually going to happen. I, I just tried so hard to not think about anything that could come after, that could come of this, um, could come whilst it's happening. I just tried so hard. It's the biggest thing I've been working on um, is to stay, just stay so present and do it because you want to do it, not because mm. of what could come after it. Just do it because mm. I wanted my name on the trophy. That's, that was the biggest thing. Um, and I wanted to prove to myself because it had been a while It'd been a couple of years since I'd won a tournament and also it, it had been sort of three or four years since I'd won a stroke play tournament. So they're two very different things, match play and stroke play. And I was kind of, I had a couple of runner-up finishes, fortunately, and that kind of kept my head above water in terms of my belief. But I've said it everything I definitely thought I could mm. achieve this week. Okay, so you get you manage to get the sleep, and, and you're going through your routine, and we get that, and and obviously very very sensible things to do. Yeah. Every once in a while, I check back on that leaderboard, and your lead had increased. I mean, it got to a stage <laughs> where it was getting silly how far in front you were, yeah. uh, and then you could see your you know your reactions changing. You know, you you were lighting up the crowd. I mean, yeah. it was so much fun to watch. How much fun was it when what was the were you about twelve shots in front of one stage? How much fun was it when it got to that level? I didn't know. I don't know when it was at 12 shots. I saw it when I was at nine a couple of times and I, I birdied the ninth hole in the final round to get to 10 shots clear in the final nine holes. And um, yeah, it was just so much fun. I, that's just, I just love getting, I'm, I'm a pretty loud person. Um, I've had to accept that I've, just because that's just who I am. I'm, I'm a pretty big personality person and I love, being with people and being around people, let alone, I guess, being uh, the centre of attention for that. I, I just, um, I just love the noise. I love yelling out. <laughs> I, I've never done that. I've never done that like that in my life, but it felt like me. And I, I yeah, I, one of the putts went into the first round, and I just threw a big fist bump, and I was just like, that felt so good. So I was like, there's no point, no point in stopping doing that. I just want to. It's a good way to get rid of emotion out of your out of your stomach. I feel like it was in a lot of sports. You can you talk to your players all the time, or talk to your team all the time, and um, the crowd even. But in golf, it's not frowned upon. But a lot of players definitely look at it and think that's a bit or that's a bit um, show offish type stuff. But I don't know. I don't, Tiger Woods did it for thirty odd not thirty yeah. but twenty odd years, and he's the best player ever. And um, I don't know. I just I just like excitement and I wanted to give everybody else some excitement because it's the first decent crowd we've had mm. for, for a long time and I wanted everyone to remember it. Well, the galleries loved it. I followed you around uh, for a few holes and obviously was and I was there on the Sunday. It was absolutely superb, Jed. And you mentioned before it wasn't really until the 17th tee where you allowed yourself, I suppose, to sort of um, know and realize that you know this was going to be yours. Can you can you describe that experience then after that shot, just walking down the fairway and 
and what that was like then obviously that and the 18th coming down down all the way mm. back to the clubhouse yeah so previously i, I looked at label would come up for 14 i just made a bogey um, and it was nine shots and I, I hit it in the water. It was a shit ass golf shot. Shocking. <laughs> I probably can't swear. Sorry. <laughs> but it was a shocking golf shot. Um, and it, I just was like, I can't believe I just hit that. And um, I wanted to break the margin of winning record. Definitely. Where, where I finished under par didn't bother me too much. I obviously wanted to equal or better that record, but yeah, I wanted to break the winning margin. And um, I thought I might've slipped to like eight shots if I had bogey the 15th as well. So I was like, I really want this to go in. Yep, went went nuts after that putt went in. 16, knocked it on in two, obviously, so that was cool. Two putted. Um, and then hit the shot on 17, and it was it looked really good. It ended up in a good spot, but it just spun back a little bit down that slope, and I just threw, like, two big fist pumps, and I just wanted everyone to just yell. <laughs> I just wanted it to be an atmosphere for myself, yeah. especially, but for everybody else as well, and... That's why you come. You don't go to, you don't go to big occasions like that to be quiet and yeah, yeah. you go to experience things, especially on a hole like that. Like it's set up for mm. someone just to go nuts, and I just wanted to. <laughs> luckily, I was ten shots clear or, or whatever at that point, and I just was like, just do it. And I just threw a two big fifth bump. Uh, hey, there's a bit of a synergy between you and Cameron Smith winning uh, mm. a couple of years ago. He wins in Hawaii. You win the Australian Amateur. Yeah, uh, he did something very, very special last week or the week before. Yeah. Uh, you end up winning the Australian PGA. Uh, he did something that was unbelievable. He led total putting and total driving. No human being's ever done that. He only beat the world number one by a shot. So I want to ask you a few questions, uh, and yeah. I want you to just give me a, an out of 10 score so we can gauge how good you hit the ball, okay? So I'm just going to go a few things. Just give me out of 10 how good it was driving. Um, driving was a 10 out of 10 this week. 10 out of 10. Irons. And I was, let's say mid-irons. Um. They were okay. Like, they weren't awesome. That was probably more towards a, a seven out of yep. ten. It was, good. Inside, it was really good, but not great. In, inside 100 with the wedges. Um, yeah, that, that was probably an eight and a half to nine. Yep. All right. Chipping in bunkers, pitching, all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't have to chip and stuff too much because I was on the green all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I, was, I was lucky in that in regard, but, yeah, my putting was... 20 out of 10. Yeah, okay. And now I've got one more. I've got one more. I think this is the most important one. Your pre-shot and your thinking. What did you give yeah, that for? That was, that was a 20 out of 10 as well. That, that got me through it. As I said, um, I didn't completely have my best stuff in terms of my swing. My driver was just on a string and I was happy about that. And I swung it pretty good. But I, I usually move the ball right to left comfortably just, just by a setup and a natural swing pattern. But I couldn't quite do it that week and I was struggling to um, get that club a little bit more from the inside, not so much underneath, but just a little bit yeah. off the inside where my ball turns over nicely. But so I was just hitting a straight ball and, and a left to right one all week and it obviously worked, but my best I think comes when I'm moving the ball a little bit right to left. Right. So that's why like the, you're going. Yeah. So that's why I think mine's going to be just a touch better and, and stuff. But um, yeah, everything, like my driving, my putting was just was a joke. I was, uh, I'm surprised. I surprised myself. So, so tell me, I'm just, I'm really keen about the, the mindset. You know, I'm really interested about it. Um, yeah. Is that the best mindset you've ever had in your life as a golfer? And do you think you can find the mechanism to turn that on more often? It started 
Um, I think at Jeff Ogilvy's event, I just realised a couple of things that I wasn't doing that usually I do in terms of just being myself and the way I think. I'm a naturally a pretty aggressive um, thinker, I, I, I would hope to think anyway. Um, and I did a couple of things that week and I ended up finishing second there, luckily. And it was a reduced field, but still good players and stuff in it. Um, and I just said, just do the same thing, try it again. It's been a few weeks, but try it again. And I just found another gear in terms of uh, my thought patterns. I was able to, you never get rid of the bad thoughts because especially with me, I'm pretty highly strung as a person. Um, I work on it quite a bit, but it still doesn't go away. So I think, yeah, my patterns and stuff that I use, just thinking techniques, I didn't really believe too much in them, but they're actually legitimately a thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it was cool to have my psychologist there with me all week. Um, and, yeah, we just went over a few things at the start of the week that I had been doing, um, and then we just, yeah, cemented those. So it's, it's it, I'm proud of myself because a lot of the times I, I was over the ball and I noticed my pattern wasn't quite correct. I stepped away and I, I did it again. And mm. Mm, I, I was just happy. I was happy with that. That, that was, that was impressive. Hey, you mentioned Jeff obviously played in the Sandbelt Invitational and, and he's, he likened you already to, you know, the great, great Greg Norman, the um, great white shark. And I, I don't know, when you talk about your mental approach, how do you deal with, with that kind of, you know, um, comparison already when it's, it's so young in your career? Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. to. I don't know where he thinks I'm like Greg. He knows Greg more than I do. I don't even know um, Greg just yet. Hopefully I'll meet him one day and sure have some sort of career similar to his. But, um, yeah, I, I've known Jeff for a little while. I met him at the 2020 Vic Open. I, I know his team quite well as well, and they've been, they've been so cool to me. Um, they're legends. So, yeah, Jeff, he's such a smart individual and he sees things so differently to um, other people because of his experience that he's had in his career. And he's just, a, yeah, he's, he thinks that angles that I've never even crossed in my mind. And he's obviously right. well into the course design and all that type of stuff. Right. Um, yeah, he's, he's awesome. And to make that comparison, was I'm, I'm humbled by it for sure. Hey, one, of the, one of the other great things about this week um, – one scene, the crowd was great. I've got a feeling uh, a lot of the crowd being there was to see the girls play as well. I don't mean that with any disrespect whatsoever. Yeah. What was it like seeing Sue O? Uh, did you have a chance to kind of look at her and go, wow, you can play? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, Sue, I don't know if she had her best stuff in that final round and she said that. Um, she played really well on the third day, but I'd never played with Sue before. I've, I've spent a bit of time with her in the US at the Golf Australia house, fortunately, and yeah, she's just normal. She's she's cool. Um, she kind of thinks nothing of herself, which is I think an awesome thing. Like she obviously knows how good she is and and what she's done and where she plays. So she's earned the right to have the status that she's got. Um, as as most of the girls did in that in that field, they were, it was cool to see. It's obviously a trending thing now in Australia having girls um, and men, male and females play together, and I think it's it's awesome as long as they don't get in each other's way in terms of values and, and what they want to achieve through it i think they can both put their heads together um because males i don't always think with the uh, best intentions i'm sure and yeah females seem to do that more often than, than males so 
it's cool to have them both together, that's for sure. Um, and yes. Hey, um, bring you back down to earth. Actually, when you when you joined us online, you were doing some household chores. Um, yeah. just tell us what you were doing. This is two days after you winning uh, well, me, the greatest yeah. of your life. Yeah. Um, so I started vacuuming. Um, <laughs> I cleaned is that the trophy. Yeah. No, no, no. I have to do it. My girlfriend's at work, so I've uh, it was a bit of a mess, but yeah, no, everything's back in order there. Cleaned a few things up and yeah, just had and to. Believe, the dog do my left thing you a little. Uh, didn't the dog leave you a little uh, little present? <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a few presents for me in the backyard. Hey, well, moving forward, this um, win gave you um, your European tour card exemption for the next yeah. two years. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. Just tell us about your plans coming up. Um, so yeah, my plans coming up um, don't look too different to what they were it's probably going to be in australia for, until may which i'm which i'm so keen for because i just love playing at home as does every aussie i'm, I'm sure and yeah I, i'm just keen to do that first and then and that includes few, the big open doesn't it that's the yeah yeah so i'm going to tee it up there and i'll tee it up um the two weeks one before that and the one after it as well for jared lyle and uh jeff Ogilvy's tps event so I'm excited. His event's sick at Rosebud there on the Mornington. Um, I've got a good family that I stay with down there. And I'm sure it's going to be another celebration when I go and see them as well. And yeah, I just I just got to ride the wave of being in Australia for the next four months. I'm so excited to, I guess, use this to impact the rest of my the rest of my year and my career, and um, not make it the highlight. Yeah. Hey, uh, that 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 European tour. Uh, tour card won't kick in until you've officially won the order of merit. So no, no one's going to yeah. catch you. Yeah, uh, well, there's a chance. Like, I'm not going to think like that. I'd draw some. Probably not going to play that good. But yeah, okay. I definitely. I don't want to just win it. I want to win it by a fair, a fair margin, just so I know that I'm safe. Because I know how quick you can turn. Like, it's only a dollar that separates it, really. Um, so. So there'll be lots of managers right now um, asking for your number all over the place. I understand yeah. you don't have a manager just at the moment. Um, yeah. How's, how's that process going through your mind? Because once that, you know, world, the DP World Tour card kicks in, yeah. you're going to have so much choice of where to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I bring on that challenge. It's something I've dreamed of and I've been so unsure as to whether I'm doing the right thing the past year. Um, and to have somewhat that security there that I'm going to have that hopefully for the next yeah year at least maybe two years, it just it's so so sick. Um, it's just less stressful and you're under quite a bit of stress. Obviously, I got my Australian tour card um, secured for the year, and that's cool. But I'm just yeah I'm keen to get over to Europe and start playing because the tour seems like it's going to be pretty sick with DP World um, now obviously the main sponsor and, and not. Um. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what to say. I'm pretty fresh to it. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, that... I can't wait to watch you see you on Thursday and Friday nights, mate. Over here in the, you know, yeah, all that I tour know. coverage. I, just... I cannot wait to watch you. Yeah. Like, yeah. In terms of the management side of things, um. Yeah. I I don't really know how to go about all of it. So there's been a few that have contacted me, but um. Ask yeah, that's questions. Just, just yeah. ask questions, mate. You'll find yeah. one that suits you. Yeah. Exactly. You will. It's, well, it's a process. 
Yeah, let's uh, in the next four months, we, we can't wait to watch you back home, obviously, here and, and see what you've what else you've got up your sleeve. But that was just an incredible performance, and uh, you know, you really turned it on for the galleries and for those watching. So, you've jumped from 1518 to 210, Ooh, one of yeah. the biggest jumps in the history of golf, I reckon. But, um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll watch that rocket continue to rise. So, all the best, mate, and uh, and thanks for joining us on the Australian Golf Show. No, that's you guys didn't have to have me on here. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for giving me the time on here. Good man. All right. We'll be in touch again. All right, coming up next, thanks, too, the, the Gazelle, Golf Australia Media Manager, Martin Blake, with all the news from around the traps. You're listening to the Australian Golf Show with Mark Allen and Tiff Cherry. And if you haven't already done so, connect with us on Twitter, which is at Aust AUST Golf Show. And we post the link to the show every week on that. And of course, you can also uh, check out the link on the Australian um, Golf website as well. And now it's time for Martin Blake. Martin, some great news, obviously. The um, combined Fortinet Australian PGA and WPGA Championship. We've already spoken a lot about it, but uh, some awesome news came out of it with Kari Webb. Yeah, that was amazing, Tiff and Marco. I, I, uh, Kari hasn't played for a couple of years and um, she's going to come back and play the Gainsborough event on the LPGA Tour. So we're, talk- we're not just talking about any old event. It's a, a main tour event just to, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, she spoke to ABC Radio on the weekend and she said that really she's just playing because it's right near her home and she wants to test herself out she she's had a neck injury which is a wear and tear injury and there was no opportunity for her to play last year at all she didn't play any tournaments at all uh she wants to just see how her neck is so i'm just intrigued by it um tiff and marco because why would if she wasn't i I mean i don't think she's planning a full comeback she says that she's not going to have any sort of schedule in fact she said that she just wanted to play some events in Australia, most of all. But uh, why why come back in a main tour event if you, you know, do you think, yeah. Marco, is it possible that she's just thinking the, yeah. she's 47? The, the, the testing herself uh, scenario rings true to me. I, I was lucky enough. I, I got a few hits in the Vic Open because I was doing a little bit of radio work yeah. in, in, in Victoria and I got a few hits in that. And the thought of actually coming back when you haven't played for a long time um, did excite me, and I'm sure at a whole new level with someone like Carrie Webb, who is the number one player in the world, one of the greatest women golfers we've ever seen. For her to not play for a little while mm. and maybe just get that bug back, because we've all been bitten by the golf bug at some stage, and it leaves some pretty big teeth marks. The golf bug. Uh, I'm excited. I was, you know, it's funny. I saw a picture of her during the week standing in front of her brand new set of Mizunos. Now, I'm not sure she used to play with Mizuno, but, you know, she's had no, a look around. Strixon, I think. She was oh, a Strixon yeah, Was it Strixon? Yeah. Okay. The, the Strixon. She's got the brand new set of Strixon. She's all set to go. Um, and she looked like a proud junior, you know, when uh, a proud junior. Everyone's had that picture. You've got a brand new set of clubs, whatever they might have been. Mum and Dad's take a picture of you in standing with them. That, that's what it reminded me of. I, I think there might be some real joy back in her heart as far as golf's concerned. We, we uh, saw Jeff Ogilvy on the weekend and obviously at the Sandbelt Invitational as well. So, I mean, you never know. She may have been just watching a few of the others do it and thought, well, if they can, why not? I'd suggest that she probably just misses it. You know, she's an extremely uh, vibrant competitor, Kari. She loves winning and hates losing, you know. And, um, you know, maybe she just 
wants to get out there again and, and play a few events and she figures if she's going to play a few events in Australia, then she needs to play mm. a few while she's in the States as well just to keep herself ticking over, I suppose. But it, it is difficult, Marco. I mean, you've been through this and, uh, you know, I watched Jeff Ogilvie play up at Royal Queensland and he just couldn't couldn't make a putt at all. Yeah. He actually hit the ball pretty well, but the short game just wasn't wasn't there unless yeah. you're grinding every week and practising a lot. It's it's yeah. hard it's hard to just to, to just walk out and you know come come into a main tour event and just expect to play. There's, there's the other thing too, too and, and we've seen just the news just trickling through from America the enormous increase in prize money. Now, you know, yeah. she, at her best, she was what playing her best in like late nineties, early 2000s. 2000, 2001. I'd was- suggest the money on the. Um, LPGA Tour has doubled, maybe tripled oh, yeah. in that yeah, time. Yeah. She might be looking at that going, geez, some easy money to be made if I can get my yeah. game back in half shape. So, um, look, we had her on the show, what, uh, before Christmas? Uh, there was no hint of this uh, no. during that. No. We did find out how no competitive idea. she was, yes. uh, but we always kind of knew that. So, look, maybe we should get her back on at some stage after uh, or when yeah. she's up and going again, and, and then let's find out why. It just came out of the blue, that one. Yeah, the... Uh, the PGA, uh, as we spoke about uh, with Jed before, um, the PGA and the WPGA ran that event as a coordinated event for the first time with the women playing with the men. Do you think it'll happen again? Because uh, it's up for discussion. Yeah. Uh, it, it went over very well, uh, as most of these men's and women's tournaments being played together um, does, but... Uh, the PGA, the men's event, is going to move back to November, December as yeah. part of the announcement last week that it was going to be back on the European tour. That doesn't sit well with the women's event. It's hard yeah. to play that event in November, December because the LPGA tour goes for longer, deeper into the calendar year. So, yeah. um, it, you know, there's, there's pluses and minuses. The, 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 the minus when you play a golf tournament in November, December, is you're up against the cricket. Uh, yeah. And that takes it off the back pages. You are old enough, Martin, to remember the tournaments that we had in February, the Masters, yeah. the Young World Classics and stuff. They took over the world here yeah. in Australia because we're all sick of the tennis. We're all sick of the cricket. Golf, it was at stage. The, the other negative with the women and men playing together on one course is that it significantly reduces the field size Correct. and you don't get that incredible story. Now, as a professional golfer, I snuck into a few fields where I was last, you know, a couple of plays into that field and played well. And that ended up how I got going in golf. So you eliminate that from the men's game. If they could yeah. find a couple of golf courses, so you need two, really, if you're going to do it, and I think it works really well, but you need two courses to play on. Yeah. You, you need two golf courses on Thursday and Friday to play on, and then if there's a cut, maybe you can get just yeah. one golf course on the weekend. Um, so they're the, the little hurdles that need to be overcome. So you'll see it in the... smaller. I reckon you'll see it in smaller events, but I think mm. that's a, a great suggestion. And and you know the women, Sue, I made the made the comment. Obviously, it was reduced field. Mind you, though, it was still a very good field, and there was mm. COVID to play, which um, stopped a, a few of the other players being able to join, but. It would be they they do want it to be a, a bigger field. They they want they want to get the best players playing. That mm. that's how you get the crowds. Now they're great crowds at Royal Queens, uh, Queensland, uh, six seven eight thousand people out there. You know it yeah. looked fantastic. Mm. Uh, people are really grateful to have 
big time golf back. But how do you get Hannah Green and Minji Lee to play there? So they weren't there for the women's field this time. They need to find a way to get them in the field. And it may be that they have to split it away from the men's event, even though the sponsors and the stakeholders loved it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's uh, all on the drawing board. So if, you could make it a US a US tour event like the the Australian Open was a couple of years ago for the girls in Adelaide, yep. and that that's another game changer. And it we better. saw a US tour event up against uh, when it was the Victorian Open as well. So yeah. the US tour ladies they are very very open minded to coming down to Australia. So maybe that's another, way, another option. Yeah. So Minji Lee won the yeah. Greg Norman Medal. Tiff, yeah. uh, we 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 mentioned last week that she was the favourite. She she won her second. Greg Norman medal, uh, COVID situation. Uh, she wasn't able to be in Brisbane for the presentation, but obviously winning a major last year, she was. Lucas Herbert would have been a bit unlucky, you know, because mm-hmm. you know he he won a couple of times, but uh, it was probably a you know a hard decision for the judges, but an obvious one in some other ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, congratulations to Harrison Crow from New South Wales and Janith Wong from Victoria, who won the Master of the Amateurs titles in the last few days. And, uh, Marco, I did want to mention Royal Melbourne Greens. You know <laughs> a bit about this as well. They've yeah. lost some greens. They've lost eight or nine greens. So, um, unfortunately, there was a pesticide that was used to get rid of cooch in fescue grass that was sprayed onto the greens by accident. Uh, I think you'll find a lot of the golf clubs around town will help out Royal Melbourne. I don't mm. think there's any schadenfreude going around to tell you the truth because Royal Melbourne West is a national treasure, number oh, five yeah. or six always in the world. Um, a lot of those greens are on the composite course as well, which I think is the best golf course in the world. Mm. So uh, we wish uh, Andrew Kirby, the captain, and everybody uh, at Royal Melbourne, the very best to get that situation fixed quick, smart. Yeah, absolutely. And one other one I wanted to mention too, Blake, on the back of the, the WPGA Championships, the Athena, which is the, the women's TV show, reality uh, TV show. They've got all but two, the two final spots have been decided. Yeah. Um, so I was there yesterday that they had uh, six or seven of the girls also doing some media ahead of that. So that's being filmed in Victoria on February the 23rd and 4th, I think it is. But there's – so Karis Davidson. Karis is in that. Yep. Yeah. Karis yep. is in is that. Great. And, and uh, uh, you know, that that is one of these well, events that we, we talk about that's a bit different, you know. Golf yep. has to try different concepts and this yep. is one of them, you know. Yep. It, yeah, it, Grace it, Kim's another one and – uh, yeah, so they're you know they're going to have a really a, a pretty impressive field. Plus, um, the WPGA will decide on the seventh of February. So you don't have to be a professional to win one of the final two spots. Um, I think all you have to do is well, you have to download the Golf Challenge app and compete in the Athena Q Series and give yourself a chance. So go and have a look at that if you're um, pretty keen. And that event being played at Sandy Links, the remodeled Sandy Links. I just had one last thing, guys. The stat of the week. Now, I owe this to you and Porter, TV, excellent TV commentator who tweeted this. Jed Morgan plays off plus six handicap at yep. Royal Queensland. He didn't play to his handicap. He was 22 under, Marco. <laughs> so he needed to shoot 24 under to play to his handicap. Well, if the course was rated 73 or 74, though, maybe, oh, maybe. the rating, we could change it up. Maybe. It was a good stat. I saw that as well. Says, uh, someone, someone said to me, you wouldn't even win a ball in the comp. <laughs> it was an incredible performance. It, it was run. unbelievable performance, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, uh, it's something amazing. we remember for a long time. That, that kid's got some X factor, and I know I listened to your interview with him earlier, it was fantastic. He's just such a natural. Mm. Yeah. 
All right, well, we're going to actually check in on uh, one component of his golf game with Marco's Masterclass. Thanks, Blakey, for all the news. Uh, Thanks, we'll guys. We'll be back with Marco right after this. Right on, Marco, I'm going to hand it straight over to you because, as we heard from Jed himself, he pretty much rated his entire game, apart from his iron play, to be uh, <laughs> either a 10 or a 20 out of 10. So what are you, uh, what are you going to talk about this time? One of the great things about his golf swing is just his arms being in front of his body all the time throughout the entire swing. This makes it very, very repeatable. Young fellas and young girls, when they first start, one of the issues is the hips go quick and their arms get stuck behind their body. We're not seeing any of this with Jed Morgan. And one reason is he's very, very strong. The second reason is because I get the feeling he dragged his arm down first. Now, young players, people who hook the ball, like I said, the arms get dragged behind the body because of the hips going forward. But if you're one of these people who have always had trouble with arms not staying in front of the body, it's time to start bringing the arms down first. Forget about the legs going first or the hips going first. Feel like your arms come down first. It'll naturally happen. Uh, and go back and have another look at Jared uh, Jeb's uh, swing. It is one of the best young golf swings we've ever seen in Australian golf. And if you bring them down first, what's the biggest change that's going to happen to your swing? Oh, you're just gain control. It's very, very simple. So the arms won't be lagging behind the body and the hands will have a beautiful platform to repeat on. And it's very, very, this whole game is about repetition. This whole game of golf is about making it as boring as possible and doing the same thing over and over and keeping your arms in front of your body makes that work. And it's only when you can win. And when you're in front of your mate, you can get the galleries pumping with the fist pumps and then shout the bar. Hey, thanks, Marco. Great show. Uh, See you next week. See you again next week. Yep.